You're listening to the Dr. Race Show, starring Tony and the AIA. I realize that Jimbo Fisher just got $80 million to get fired. I'm going to tell you right now, if I was a college football coach and they told me that's going to give me $500,000 to get fired, my kicker would be my starting running back. Who's running the ball? Ontavious Johnson. Now, put John Smith in. From now on, third string starts every game, and first string don't get in to the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. I'm telling you, the press conference after they fired me and gave me a million dollars, 500,000, 80 grand, whatever the case, they thinking I'm gonna cry? Oh, I'm shocked I lasted five games, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what y'all were thinking keeping me this long. But I do have to thank the administration because without y'all and y'all's money, I wouldn't have properties in Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, and getting dual citizenship in Canada right now for Saskatchewan. I mean, if y'all are just giving money away to folks, y'all want somebody that'll go 0-9 or 0-11, I don't even know how many games they play. I'm your man, okay? Good day, everybody. This your boy Tony with the Dr. Braces Show. Coming to you with episode number 600. And 45. Man, man, man. What have the time gone? Man, it's been a minute since I've been on here. Probably not as long as the last time, but yeah, it's been a minute. But welcome to the the podcast where we talk about some news and get up. Then we tap cap that all off with some of that good old thirst content where I'll give you some. Tasty black rankings and drop you the the five star follow this this week from good old from the good old uh, Thursdays. So man, it's been an up and down week for your boy. Positive, got promotion, started a new location this week. Shorter drive, no shorter commute. Collection money in the pocket, man. Help me out, which on hindsight, bruh, I needed it. I just did the math. Man, I probably lost almost five grand in six weeks in potential money made through having to take ride share, Uber and Lyft to work. During the time period, I didn't have a car, plus the extra money I make on the side, not being able to do that for the for pretty much a month and, and some change. So I was doing the math on that, and I was just like, "Damn, to make that that money loss back, man, it's gonna take you know, whew, a lot of grind." But like I said, with the promotion. Little pay increase, little bump in pay. You know, your boy got that and the, the saving on the, the gas for commuting to work might help me like chip away at that. You know, it's, it's other than the been on Uber and Lyft, but it's potential money that I could have made. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of that, that number is potential money that. It's a for those who watch sports, watch football and stuff. You know, like down inside the red zone, you throw a pick six. 
say it's a 14 point swing because you had opportunity to score set, score sit, score, score a touchdown at extra point, and you end up giving away a touchdown at extra point. That's kind of like that. Like I gave away the money, but I had a potential to make some more money. But you know, tomatoes, tomatoes, you know what I'm saying? Started had started to treat my my progression in life like a football game, my guy. Hey, sometimes you get down a couple scores. It's only the first quarter. Ain't no reason to panic. Still got three to go. You can fight your way back. Play some good defense. You know, get some good field position. Capitalize on your opportunities. Next thing you know, man, you might have a blowout on your hands. Just don't let the thing roll downhill on you. With all that said, man, this is Dr. Brace Show. You can find this on all social media platforms. Dr. Brace. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's uh that's Facebook, that's uh shit, Snapchat, that's TikTok, all them good junks. We got a Patreon page slash Dr. Brace. You can join there for a little as a month. Try to you got some content at least once a week, trying to get it up more. Able to do a little bit more now. Back work. That for you, man. I come home, man. I came home yesterday and took a nap on my lunch break, dog. I'm talking about not no, ooh, let me lay down and get a good nap in the car. Not no, ooh, I'm gonna lay on the couch and take a nap. Nah, dog. Your boy got in the lounge and for almost an hour. Came back, went back to work. But put again today, man. I'm gonna come home, take me a little old nap. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up. Gotta get ready for that. And uh, yeah, man, we we just out here trying to do it. Just out here trying to do it. I appreciate y'all for I appreciate y'all for listening, man. Appreciate everybody for the support, either through through listening to the show, sharing the show. Um, joining the Patreon, leave me comments. You can do that. Everything that you do to let me know you appreciate this, man. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all. Because this basically is my, my little labor of love. You know, I give this out. Um, I started this out just for those who may not know or who may be new to this. I started this out, man. I say I started this out, but this is the evolution of. Being a young man, just observing some things and just making notes of things that I saw or experienced in life. And I would say, if Dr. Braces had its pivotal moment, its pivotal origin story, like it's Batman, I mean Batman, Bruce Wayne, his parents in the alley. If, if I had that point to replay over and over and over again for everybody to, to continuously see, I'll tell you what it was, y'all. It was summer of 2004. Like, your boy had finally conquered this thing called university life, college life. It was a college grad and had everything in front of him. Not knowing what I, I mean, not knowing where I was going to go, but knowing I wanted to get somewhere. And it, Seven months in Iraq, 
because uh, I got my orders. I got my orders to go overseas like before I graduated. Like before I graduated. Damn. And you know it 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 was a it was a perfect storm, man, because it basically was the same situation when I graduated high school. Like I graduated high school knowing that I had first May. I was shipped out to boot camp on the thirty first of May. So it was a similar thing with college, man. I was sitting in my college graduation, understanding that all these people I'm sitting with. They probably get ready for their first summer as a college grad, not knowing what they're going to do, but just ready to kind of like not have to look forward to the, another semester of school unless they're going to grad school. But everybody was kind of looking forward to just taking it easy. But I wasn't. I was getting ready to, to you know, take up these orders and go back to duty. But that summer, um, reflecting on that, because the entire time, man, it just like weighed on your boy, like, dog, I did all this. This is what we ended up at. Not again, not knowing what the, the end was going to be and where I was going to go. I mean, I started a job, but I was like, that job when I started was supposed to be like a summer job. Like, <laughs> I was going to summer job so I could finally get my feet, you know, my feet wet, figure out what I'm going to do, not knowing that shit's going to end up being a 12 year endeavor. But, um, It was overlooking the ocean um, and I-5 in California. And it was one night the sun was setting and, you know, I was sitting there like, man, and I was just reflecting on everything that had happened over the past few years from college to, like, shit, relationships, friendships, um, just growing the loss of family members and, and all kinds of stuff, man. Just reflecting on that and knowing that it all led to that path that I was about to spend seven months in a foreign land um, for a purpose that other people had decided that this was what we, thought we was going to do. Now, we know now that the United States was in Iraq looking for weapons of mass destruction that really were not there. Whatever your, your views on that subject is, that is that. This time, I ain't give a fuck whether or not weapons of mass destruction were there. I was just like, oh, I was supposed to be getting ready to, to live my life, man, but it's not, you know. You know, you sign up to join the military, you know, you expect some stuff to happen, but not at these pivotal points. Like, if if in the middle of my college career, we got called active duty and I had to come back to college afterwards, I probably wouldn't have been feeling this way as I did that day. Um, but I was just like, man, just the time of this shit was just so fucked up for me. Because again, I was just going through a lot of changes at the time. And um, you know, I began thinking about some stuff that, you know, just going on my life, start writing in a book. Writing in a little notebook. So I published some of those junks. At the time, Facebook had like this little notes thing that you could do. Well, not that time, but when I got back, because I think I joined Facebook when I came back. But uh, Facebook started a little notes thing when, you know, early on in its 
grow in its development. Probably still there. Probably can find it if I want to. But I started putting up the stuff that I was writing when I got back. I started thinking about it, man. Like, what is going on? And it's crazy because even before I started writing it, I had I always joked in college that, man, I want to live this life that where I can write a book. Why am I here? And the time of existence, but purpose. And uh, so that grew into Dr. Bracer over the time. Because I began writing blog posts about thoughts that were going on. I know one of the big things I wrote about for me, two of them, was back in the early days of Twitter, like 2008, 2009, probably 2010, whatever, where there was this big thing on Twitter where this, I want to say this white dude was in, had went to Africa and came back and started writing about Joseph Coney. And if those who don't remember, Joseph Coney was this, Basically, this warlord, and I can't remember which country country he was in. Um, but the guy had realized that Joseph Coney was training up his power, and was just like the world needs this, and people need this out about this terrible. We need to do this thing, and I was just like, that was crazy. How? As those who know, we know this shit been going on. And we've been talking about it, but people don't give a fuck. Like, so what made it an interesting thing now? Like, what is it that Joseph Coney is threatening that the world wants to make them want to talk about him to the point that where it's got to be a thing to do something about what he's doing? Because he's not the only warlord that has ever done that. I forgot what the name of that, that movie that Idris Elba was in some years ago. Beast of No Nation. Beast of No Nation. Which was a movie similar to what was going on. And again, because it was so prevalent in that on that continent in many countries that that was going on, like, it wasn't like, they were telling a unique story. Like, they could patchwork a whole bunch of things together to make that happen. I also remember writing a Um, I have mixed feelings about how I felt at the time, but I do stand on this. Like, we saw or we experienced or we were part of an awakening among people who started to realize that Black people get victimized and vilified for just being us. Now, I always push back on people who like have these stances with certain people. I ain't gonna say everybody, and I ain't gonna say always. I'm gonna take it back. I have to take that with a grain of salt of people who do that, who, 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 who stand on that. Because, again, it's one of these things that have always happened. And when the 
situation is when the when the situation works for the narrative, it's a great thing to stand on. But always the situation isn't perfect for the narrative that the case is still the same. Like we still see black people get vilified for things they do. Even when those things that they have done are not the best, but the results of actions of another did not warrant what happened to them. So to say this, like to come out and say that Tyree Nichols had drugs on him, it doesn't warrant the police beating him to death. To say that he may have assaulted somebody, and this is just me being hypothetical, does not warrant the police beating him to death. Because those things were not the the cause of what happened. Like the police didn't pull up on that man knowing all that stuff. They pulled up on that man because of something else, an expectation or a hunch of something or whatever may have been. I'm not saying I know the facts, but when what we know, the action that they executed was not because of any of that. They beat that man. People get shot by the police all the time. Shot, injured, shot, killed. And the actions that they're doing don't necessarily warrant that. And we talk about it all the time. Like we see cases where people who should have gotten shot don't get shot. Like I watched a video of a cop sitting on the hood of a car trying to get somebody to stop the car and they took off driving with the man on the hood. He got his gun out and everything. He got thrown off the car. Guess what? Nobody ever got shot. Now, I don't know if the person got arrested or not. I don't know. And I don't have a problem that cop for not shooting nobody, but I'm just saying that's another case where somebody who possibly You know what I'm saying? Like, we see police pull up on folks' house. People try to defend their house and get killed by the police. And folks might say, oh, suicide by cop. I'm like, yeah, man, but I always say, you know where that man live. You ain't got to go up in his house. Like, he's not an immediate threat right there. Look what he with his family. Now let's see threatening to kill his family. So those things led me to do what I did when I was right. So I'll talk about that. So continue to do so, and here we are. Got my friends. Start reflecting back on things like, man, we sit back in the apartments, in the dorm rooms, hang out on campus. Man, we used to talk about some deep stuff. My friends have some insight on things. Man, I'm not the only one I want to bring them on. So that's where the crew started. So that's how we got here. We start talking about everything else. I mean, we talk about sports. We talk about life as it is. And it wasn't always barbershop talk. Sometimes in the barbershop talk, quote unquote, or locker room talk, as some people like to say, people say it's about landing stuff. Yeah, now nah, it's about saying it's about landing on the show. We just chalk it up to, they just being crazy. Bruce Valentine on here. Rich Beats K Law. He's saying some wild stuff too. To light skinned brother. But 
say all that to say, that's how we get to the Dr. Ray Show. And that's how we get to episode number 400. I mean, not 400, it's 645. 645 episodes of talking shit. This goes out to you listeners and always to the guys that, that didn't make it this far. Shout out to y'all. Oh, and, and the young ladies, man. We got some, some ladies that haven't made it this far, but everybody keep fighting. Let's move to the sports talk. Sports this week, NFL news. We're going to start out last week, which was week 10. Week 11 kicked off last night with the Ravens beating the uh, Bengals in, in uh, Baltimore, but we're going to go back to last Thursday where the Bears had their calls. Because if you know that the Bears got the got the uh, Panthers' first-round pick and the Bears beat the Panthers last week, so they gave the Panthers another loss to help, you know, sully the calls of the Panthers being you know, the worst team in the league and the Bears getting that pick. Uh, so they, they kicked off the thing. 49ers was a team I'm a fan of. Everybody who listens to the show should know. They uh, ended their three-game losing streak by beating the Jaguars in Jacksonville, 34-3. Other games to note, the Texans beat the Bengals, 30-27. to In uh, Cincinnati, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Steelers held off the Packers. Uh, let's see. The Browns came back to beat the Ravens at the end of the game. with a game-winning field goal. One of five game-winning field goals last week. Um, let's see here. The Lions beat the Chargers to hang on to be to keep their two loss, their seven two record intact. Cowboys smashed the Giants again for the second time this season. Uh, we saw Seahawks beat Washington, and then on Monday night, the Bills fell to five and five by losing to the Broncos. And every time I see the Broncos in the win column against a team that looks like they're supposed to be a contender, I say the Bill, the Broncos are a team that had okay. a seven piece. Right. What the hell is that? We don't want that plan. No. What is that? Get my free ticket. Stop that fucking ad. Oh, Jesus. I can't stop that. It's, it's, uh, oh, oh, no, it's a can. It's a can. That's a mute button right there. Mute that thing, man. I want to hear that shit. But, man, you know, so the Bills continue to struggle. Don't know what's going on with them, man. But quietly, Broncos have made it up to four and five. Mm. So they get a standard as such. The Bills taking the loss, kicks the Dolphins back into first place in the East. Um, the Ravens, well, after their win, put them back in first place, but they were all hanging there together. But the Ravens had a seven three, well, seven and three ahead of everybody. But they put them um, firmly in the league this week with eight at eight and three. Uh, next team behind them are the Bengals and the Browns. Not the Bengals, the Browns. Steelers and the Browns are six and three each, so they can move up. Uh, Jacksonville still on the first place, even with the loss there, six and three. Houston is coming up strong at five and four. Uh, Kansas City seven to two in the West, where they'll probably be the only team to make it out of the division. They probably will get the the buy if they hang on. Only other team that can contend with them is no one. Nobody has two losses, so the, big, the Chiefs can hang on. They can get that buy. The Eagles had the week off. They're sitting at eight and one. Cowboys trying to come back strong at six and three in second place. Detroit holds on to first place in that division with Minnesota. You know, just struggling to stay a second. The NFC South still is the. Uh, the division that everybody should want to be in. 
Right now, the Saints are hanging on at five and five, and nobody in that division is above 500. Uh, the 49ers moved back to a tie with the Seahawks, six and three, and they played each other like twice this month. So that should flush out there. It's going to be a two team race there. Um, San Francisco has the ability to make the playoffs that they don't, you know, stub their toe anymore. But the thing about them is whether they'll be hosting the playoff game or going on the road to try to try to push through. Um, they can really make a, a big push and at least get the third seed right now, pending the Lions not, you know, taking any any big losses down the road. Um 49ers do have some key matchups coming. I think they play the Eagles later this year. Yeah, they do play the Eagles later this year, and they still got to play Washington. So there's that with them. But we'll see. But, yeah, they got the Eagles and the Seahawks twice on this back stretch. Um, let's talk about C.J. Stroud for a second, man. This young man, I don't know if it's a case of people just saying he watch tape or he just out here just benefiting because he, you know, he's, he's good. Or he just, you know, just a, a, a flash in the pan right now. But right now, C.J. Stroud is having a phenomenal year. He's thrown for almost 3,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, two picks, which he didn't throw his first pick until October. Halfway through October, he threw his first pick. Um, They are sitting at four or five, I believe. Let's see. No. Yeah, five and four. Hey, five and four right now. Uh, they beat the Bengals last week. On the game when the field goal, his best game so far was against Tampa Bay. We threw for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns and a win against the, uh, against those Buccaneers, 39 to 37 in that shootout. Uh, he's rushed for, well, he's not rushing. His QB rated, QBR 6-3-2. He rushed for 86 yards and two touchdowns. So, CJ is is is, is bossing up, man, and in Houston. So, we're going to see that young man. And – also, new coach, rookie quarterback, very young team, showing you that a bad team drafting a quarterback high isn't necessarily a a sign that Huey, because they're gonna struggle out the gate. You know, few teams have, you know have had seen a little bit of success without drafting a rookie quarterback. Joe Burrow was one of those. So Joe Burrow had a pretty solid rookie year. And within less than five years, they were in the Super Bowl. Not saying CJ going to get Houston to the Super Bowl, but things are looking good, man. I mean, he's in the division with Trevor Lawrence. And um, that might be a challenge for him going up. Tennessee got a little bit of – some some work to do to be a contender consistently in the AFC South. And right now we don't know what the Colts are doing. So between I mean the Colts are hoping that Anthony Richardson is gonna be the answer for them, but with him being out right now, they still kind of have flux. But that entire division is probably the division that unless something changes, if all those quarterbacks hold good, it's gonna be the division that we're gonna be looking at for the next five to ten years to be competitive. Because they got Young quarterbacks that if they hold true to what everybody believes can be 
potential starters for the next five years or so in that league and that division. Yeah, Will Levis, who looked good. You got a uh, what the fuck, bro? These ass keep playing, and I can't. Oh, there it goes. Got Will Levis in Tennessee. You got Anthony Richardson in, in Indianapolis. You got Trevor Lawrence, and then you got CJ. So if all of them hold up, there's you know, they're gonna be your young stars right there. When you when you Patrick Mahomes and you. I don't know about Deshaun Watson because he, oh, he's not looking good right now. But when all of those young guys, you're, you're Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert might still be with this crew. He's relatively young. Um, Josh Allen is a little bit older. So when those guys start to kind of like push their way through, these are going to be the next crop of, of QBs that you possibly be looking for. I'm not going out saying crowning them yet, but if they hang on and don't really get exposed and can, can get what they got to get done, man. You might be looking at the division right there. If those teams hang on those quarterbacks. Oh uh, man, the Texans. Speaking of that win, a a guy in Florida bet five hundred thousand on a four leg NFL same game parlay, which uh, the same leg parlay, which the leg were Houston would beat Cincinnati, the Bengals and Houston would go over forty four and a half points. Texans Devin Singleton would score a touchdown. And Singleton will go over 51.5 yards. All those had hit. He ended up winning 5.5 million on that. But again, he bet 500K. So don't be sitting there like, oh man, I can win 500. I can win a million. You can. But you see, he had to pay 500K. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, shit, that too. That's a that's a that's eleven times what he did. so it best you the one eleven hundred sheesh that's good that's good that's good day though play half a meal one five point five mil good day for that dude. Sad news out in Houston, Texas, man. Former NFL quarterback DJ Hayden was one of six people killed in a, in a, a car accident where a driver ran a red light. Um, just leave me to say, man, dog, ain't nothing worth you trying to beat that light, bro. Really not. And one of the other one of the other six people killed was the driver who ran the red light. Uh, two other former University of Houston football players. Um, I saw a homeless dude was killed because he was like a bystander. Like, dog, a whole bunch of people lost their life because somebody made a fucking irresponsible decision to try to go through a fucking light that was red, bro. And I know people who listen to this show may not be in that demographic of people who do something like that. I can't even say that, man. But anybody, dog, anybody, trying to beat that light ain't worth it, man. It's not worth your life. It's not worth the life that you can take. It's really not, dog. Wherever you're trying to go, man, they're going to be there. They gonna be there, make it there in one piece. But rest in peace to DJ Hayden. Um, big up to his family, man, and everybody else that was involved. All everybody else that you know suffered from this tragedy. That, like I said, I saw that. That was some fucking terrible fucking news. Oh, Michael Thomas, man. Uh, uh, a feud with some construction workers. He keeps out the park his home. 
blocking the driveway or something. But nigga, they work on construction. Where they put the fucking park? I don't know. I can't say. I don't know. But let me go back and He's gonna throw him at the car. Um, he got into a verbal altercation with one of the construction workers. The dude started recording him. Uh, at which point, um, Mike pushed dude, knocked his phone out of his hand, and threw a brick at the truck, uh, prompted him to be arrested on misdemeanor battery charges. So, again, cooler head shall prevail. A lot of people have conflict, com ah, conflict resolution issues, dog. Get mad at that first minute, man. Thank God no guns were involved. Update on the Michael Orr situation. Court documents show that uh, Michael Orr was paid $138,000 between 2007 and 2023 from contributions for the blind side by the Tui family. Said the 10% 10 commission was paid to the family and a third of that was sent over to um, sent over to Orr. Um, but also on that side, or realized that the conservatorship that he had signed into did not require him to the to being a being deemed a part of the family. So you know, I can kind of understand that because basically, the proceeds that he getting money for is the story of him and them, which is primarily him. You know what I'm saying? Like, dog. Let's think about this for a second. And I'm not sitting here saying they're right. I'm not sitting here saying he's right. You bring me into your house. You know what I'm saying? I, through my story and my performance on the field and, and, and where I came from, my, my rags to riches story becomes a movie because you made it a movie. But without me, it's no movie. Like, if they don't sign a conservatorship and bring Orr in and he goes on to do what he do, they don't make money. If they bring him into the house and he doesn't become what he what he became, they don't make money. Splitting it three ways is not a fair split. You can say what you want to say. It's not a fair split. They didn't birth him. They didn't raise him. They brought him in as a high school kid, gave him a place to stay, helped him get into college, help, so to speak. I put it in quotation marks. And he basically had to do the work to get what he had to get. And through his work, they made a move, they wrote a book, had a movie, and made money off of that. He is the he is the driving piece of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, giving him a third of the money, yeah, I understand that. We, we split the money up three ways. I don't know how it's three ways because, again, it's that family and him. So he's getting, I mean, yeah, he getting more than individual people in the family, true. But, again, he also isn't entitled to anything else that they get. So any other money they get outside of the blind side, which they do get money because of who they are, they are making money because of who they are. They're the twoies. People know who they are. People go to whatever they got here in Memphis because they're the twoies and spend money with them. That money, they he's not in. He's just earth and 
things down. They're not obligated to leave anything to him. He's not obligated in it. And I know people are like, well, he made millions of dollars in the NFL. He wasn't obligated to give them anything either. True. This is true. But that money he made in the NFL wasn't because of them. He made it because of him. They're making money because of him. I don't think people get that part. Like, their notoriety, notoriety is built off of him. Not in, I mean, impartially, I ain't gonna say all of it. I ain't gonna say all of it. But impartially because of him, that's work that he's done and the fact that they're basically linked to him throughout time. Good, bad, or otherwise. They're linked to him. So they can the same way that any parent can capitalize off who their kid is any way, shape, form, or fashion, but in that way, that parent birthed that kid. As a parent, that kid is your offspring. Now, again, it's still kind of crazy when people like take advantage of their kids, but still. Make more sense than somebody that you did not birth. It's not your blood. So the tours have alleged that, that in February 2023, that uh not February 2023, he said that uh that Orr tried to shake them down for 15 million dollars, or he planned a negative story about them. Plant? Is that story true? Or is he making it up? I mean, I know it's, they're alleging extortion, but is it true? It's made up. I don't know. But, you know, I understand. Again, I know what I'm about to say for the majority of America will be like, oh, here he go again. But as black people in America, man, we have been extorted so many times of what we do and what we can do for the sake of those around us. Like, NFL players make millions of dollars out there in the field performing, but owners make billions off everything else. And as a compensation that they throw a couple million towards the team. So, I mean, hey, dog, so if you want to say average NFL payroll is about, what, 200 million? <coughs> Two, 300 million? Yeah, that's how much they're spending on player personnel. Player personnel. All in all, if you put in coaching staff and other personnel, they probably let a little over or just under half a billion. But, dog, go pull those books. I ain't got to. Go pull those books on how much those teams make. How much a team make. Now, I know a lot of the money goes toward other things. I do. I understand that. Man, you got to understand. Every business has, has people that they're paying. They're only paying a certain percentage of that to the people. And it's weird to me that companies do that. That companies try to maximize their... I mean, it's not weird. Companies try to maximize their profits, but when the employees come for just a portion of that profit, not all of it, you know, you ask for all of it, 
just a portion of their profits, just put a little bit more in our pocket, man, so we can be good. They be want to balk at it. Like, I understand coming is trouble. Not talking about that. Majority of companies, they're still in business, and they've been in business for a long time. They're turning their profit. Those profits have peaks and valleys, but they're turning a profit. They might take a 10% loss one year, but they're still turning a profit. And I guarantee you this, if they make a 10% gain or a 20% gain, oh God, uh, uh, you know, these astronomical gains, that don't end up going back towards the people. They very seldomly do that. I mean, because, you, man, dog. Yeah, at, at best, they probably hire some new people in at a higher rate than they probably would have hired them in years past. But the existing people, man, very barely. I mean, just think about your regular job, dog. How much? Are, how long does it take you to get a 10% increase on what you started at? I can, I can tell you, me. I, I give you, I give you me. Some, some, some of that good old man. So I started working at first. Since then, it's two thousand four. So now, 19 years with four years of unemployment. My salary has increased by just over 200%. Some people might say that's good. But my story ain't the most famous people. I've had some breaks in here and I had some opportunities that, you know, kind of whatever. But it's in 2004, since my first real out of college job, my salary has increased just over 200%. So, double. No, not double. Double would be more 50%. So, 200% would be. About five times. Well, it's almost five times now. It's like four points. I mean, four point something. Either way, I'll tell you what it is. Four point, four in almost 20 years of working. That's a rate of about 11. Again, part of that jump is was buoyed by me catching some good breaks here and there. And, you know, probably would have been more if it wasn't for the four years of unemployment. Who knows? I don't know. 
probably wouldn't be here if I stayed with my last company. I probably, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I probably would be where I am now. Either way, that isn't the case for a lot of people. You know, unless you got one of these like phenomenal jobs, you probably got a better number than that. But I, I challenge anybody that, to do that. Take your starter and salary from your very first job as an adult, not just this little hustle that you did, not the little little side jump that you did, your very first job that you did. And compare it to where you are now. And see how much your, your salary has increased over that time period. So again, I say, and motherfuckers be stingy with that money. And I don't know how I got down that 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 rabbit hole, but all that to say, man, the two is came up, and I'm pretty sure they probably get. I'm pretty sure their their um their their net worth increased by more than two hundred percent in that time period. News from Colorado, because you know we like to do the Colorado news right here because people care about the buffaloes, them Colorado buffaloes. News from Colorado. Um, Dion lost his uh, 2025 uh, commit in Winston Watkins Jr., who is cousin of Sammy Watkins. Um, he decommitted from he decommitted from Colorado. Uh, it's a lot of news about no news. This kid wouldn't graduate till next year. He's a junior in college in high school right now. He decommitted and he still has 22 offers on the table. We're not talking about somebody who. It's like he died to his last few picks. He has 22 offers still on the table that he committed from there. So, hey, hey, he bounced back. What a 2024 guy look like. Oh, Texas AM AD, Mr. Ross Bjork, pulled the trigger on letting, um, letting Jimbo Fisher go. They got they secured the buyout and got rid of him. So shout out to Jimbo. We'll be making bank over the next few years because of the money that they owe him. Um, will Jimbo be back? We don't know. Whenever he come back, he's gonna be getting paid. But he ain't got to. He get paid for things in there right now. They paying him not to coach. So shout out to Jimbo. You won by losing. Uh, other people on the chopping block, Penn State offensive coordinator Mike Yurkich. Yer he got the axe after they lost to Michigan and struggled on offense. And then uh, let's get into Doc's top 10, top 12. I did top 12. Did top 12 because, you know, let's say the, the 12-team playoff is coming, but we ain't there yet. We still at four. But Top 12 if we were to have them. Oh, excuse me, people. Number 12, we got the Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma beat um beat the Braves off West Virginia. They got this week. They got BYU this week. So uh, Oklahoma. Next, we got the Missouri Tigers, who offer a loss to uh Georgia. A close loss to Georgia. They came back and handled Tennessee very well. They got Florida coming up this weekend. Uh, number 11, not number 11, number 10 is Penn State. Like I said, they lost to Michigan. They got Rutgers next. They have opportunity to win out from here on, but they lost to the two big, other Big Ten um, powerhouses. 
Louisville coming in at number nine. Uh, Louisville beat Virginia. They got Miami on the road next. Um, we got Oregon still hanging on after taking that loss to Washington. Um, a three-point loss to Washington, but they're still hanging in there. They're sitting at number eight. They got Arizona State on the road next. Number seven is Alabama. Bama beat Kentucky, and they got a cupcake this week. They're playing chat, UT chat. Texas is up next. Hold on in the first place in the uh, Big 12 right now. They got Texas. We got a to you know paddle us that in there. Hopefully they can make a jump. Uh, first undefeated on here is Chinas Michigan. They beat Michigan. They beat Penn State. They got Maryland on the road next before they get the big game. Florida State is coming in at number four. Florida State has North Alabama this week as they get ready for their rivalry game. The Washington Huskies at number three. Uh, Oregon State is next up for them, so it's a big challenge for them as they get ready for their rivalry week. Georgia fell in that thing at number two. Georgia beat Ole Miss soundly. They secured the SEC East so they can face Bama later, but next week they got Tennessee. Ohio State took the number one spot. Paul State, I want to say they went on the road and beat a team. I can't remember who they played, but next up, oh shit, it's not coming up. Who they got to play? Let me see if it'll come up. Come on, Ohio State, who y'all got? Okay, they beat Michigan State. Yeah, beat Michigan State last week, and then they got Minnesota coming up this week. That's your NFL news, baby. Appreciate y'all for checking that part out. Let's roll on to the NBA. NBA in season tournament right now. Uh, we got games coming up on November 17th, which is tonight at the time that I'm recording. But as we stand right now, the East Group A, we got the Pacers holding on at 2-0. The um, Group B, the Heat at 2-0. Um, group C, the Celtics have only played one game, but they are only one with no losses. The Raptors not played a single game in the play-in tournament. What is going on with that? Uh, <laughs> West Group A, the Lakers and the Jazz are both at 2-0. Group B, the Nuggets are 2-0. Uh, group C, the Timberwolves are 2-0. And if to see if knockout round, the quarterfinal start of the day, you have Lakers in Utah, Denver, Minnesota, Miami, Atlanta, and Indian Boston. The top scores in here, you got at number five, you got uh, Jokic at 32 a game, Embiid at 36, Kevin Durant 38, Donovan Mitchell 38, and Jalen Brunson 45. But I don't think the Knicks have played but one game. Yeah, they played one game. He scored 45 in that loss. So there you go. Remember, um, helps out players for being like the tournament MVP. They get paid money once they get into extra money, once they get into the actual break, knockout round. So there you go. Enjoy that. Um, but tonight, got a couple games. We got one, two, three. We got about 10 games tonight. Well, about 12 games tonight. Okay. Okay. So let's see a couple teams um get out there. Uh let's see here. Brian Demiris from the Mavs have had something to say about James Harden. Basically saying Harden is the problem, but hey man, everybody knows the math on that. You didn't have to say that. We all understand. You ain't telling us nothing that we ain't already understood, man. Look, 
if you keep having problems, eventually, it's not your mate in the relationship. Eventually, it's you. If every every person that you had did you wrong, probably not the people. It's probably you. But you can't tell folks that. But then you're blaming the victim. I did that one time. Oh man, never do that. Never say no shit like that again. Especially not on social media, my boy. And people will come for your head. But more about social media at the end of this show. Uh, last Sunday, Kelly Oubre was hit by a car, fractured a rib. Uh, the timeline is return is still undetermined, or it might be determined now. At the time of me reading this, it was undetermined. But Tyrese Maxey took that next night to go out and put up 50 as they dedicated their win to Oubre. So that that Tyrese Maxey is, is de- definitely benefiting from um, good old James Harden getting the hell up out of there. News from the association. Now, let's get to some real news. Let's get to some news. Uh, first, I want to talk about a piece of shit. And his name is Tommy Tuberfield. Once was a coach. This, this is right here. This is a story of how. People that you may be fans of and you think that you like because they do something good and something that you enjoy. Tuberville achieved a modicum of success as a coach with various teams in, in, at the university level. But since then, become a politician and we realize that he's totally a piece of shit. So right now, he is uh, leading this blockade against uh, like reproductive rights, um, um, reproductive rights. So he's one of the ones taking the lead, a lead on um, military members being able to take a leave of absence, you know, for you know, obtaining an abortion um, instead of being uh, charged leave. So using that leave to do that, so they can't take like an administrative absence. And it directly, it directly impacts our women's service members than it do men, because men don't go get abortions. So in that, it creates this creates this this this, this unbalance in the system. Again, if you biologically can't do this one thing, it shouldn't be, or you biologically can't do this one thing, you shouldn't be a written rule that's a catch-all for everybody because it doesn't apply to everybody. But he's leading the cause in that. Um, he also also um, is at the center of a discussion where um, the Marine Corps Commandant suffered a heart attack and um, The Armed Service Commission, the Armed Service Committee Chair Jack Reed, who is also a uh, a senator, came out and said that um, part of that was due to the fact that the commandant was being overworked 
as a result of the blockade that the Tupperville has. And Tupperville reported that by saying that the commandant got 2,000 people working for him, um, that he's working 18, 20 hours because that's normal for him. He's going to do that anyway. So basically saying that this man said he's people around this man say he's been at work and you're saying that that's a fucking lie because he got people work for him. He just doing it because that's what he wanted to do. Not understanding that the commandant come from the generation of people who will work extensively because there's work to be done. And if they see that the work can't be done with what they have, they're going to get it done. So if you're piling work on the people and they realize that the resources are short, especially as a leader, you're going to step in there and get it done. Do it all the time as a leader. There's a lot of work to be done. My people, I'm not going to overwork my people. If you're not going to give me no more help, I just put the work on myself. That's what we do. I'm not saying every leader do that, but there are leaders who do that. Now, if you want to say it's a thing about uh, delegation or lack of time management, that's that's a different story. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that man overworks is overworked because he wants to be overworked. Nobody wants to be overworked. People are doing it because it's stuff. Peace, shit. Airbag Hall of Fame. All right, Mississippi is on the shit list. Uh, we had a gubernatorial race among all the other elections that we had about a week ago. And um, in Hines County, voting precincts there ran out of fucking ballots before they closed. Now, you want to say this. I do understand that 100% of the eligible population don't come out to vote. But Nigga, you have the history right in front of you. If X number of people came out to vote in the last governor's race and the populate the eligible population in this state is either up or down from that, and you capitalize on the fact that you know that this is a race that people are invested in, you know that people are possibly going to come out. Why you didn't get the ballots printed? It ain't because y'all ain't got the money. We know y'all got the money. Y'all just didn't get the ballots put out there because you were out here trying to do some shady shit. Say what you want to say. You're doing some shady shit because it's mighty interesting. The area that we're talking about is Hines County that is predominantly black and predominantly will vote against the people that are in power. And again, they won. I'm not saying every black person votes will vote against Ted Reeves. 40% of the state is almost 40% of the state is black. Some places in the areas are almost 75, 80% black. Some counties. So for Tate Reeves to win with 51, 52% of the vote means that a lot of black people who are not black people, a lot of people who would have, who think differently or, or, or have a different view on things in the state, 
did not come out to vote or were discouraged from voting. And a lot of people in the state continue to vote against whatever their, their interests are. Like, I, I don't understand, man. I really don't. Like, that northeast corner of Mississippi that continuously vote for people like Tate Reeves and, and, and whatever their, their policy principles are, I don't understand that. Because there's nothing up there in the northeast corner of the state that this state is setting aside efforts for. People live there, loving the loving the death, but they continue to vote against their interests. And for them out, I mean, the Delta got to figure out. The Delta ain't gonna continue to vote for people that ain't trying to help them out. They ain't trying to know what the Delta. I know people are like, well, the Delta's majority black. It is, but still. Socioeconomically, people in the Delta have it as bad or worse than a lot of people in this state when it comes to things socioeconomically. A lot of state, I mean, a lot of counties in Mississippi should look like some of those counties in the Delta, but they don't. A lot of places in Mississippi that are not, that don't have many black people that are in the Delta still have the same economic crises that exist in the Delta, but they don't vote for people who could help them fix those situations. Only because they continue to see that, oh, they're going to do all these things to help out these other people that don't want to do nothing. That's like, that's not what it's about. It's about making everything fair and even for everybody so that everybody has an opportunity to succeed. You're voting against that with the hope that you will be that because as long as they they, these people are in power. You have that hope that you can get that, but that's not what's going to happen. There's a, I mean, I'm not sitting there, and my thing about it, I'm not sitting there saying I'm not for one part or the other. I'm not that person, but I know things that Tate Reeves is doing, like not funding Medicaid or leading to things like hospitals being closed. So being somebody from a small community, knowing that I grew up knowing that if something tragically happened to somebody, tragic, you had to get airlifted to Jackson. Jackson, Mississippi was like a two-hour drive from my house. You had to get airlifted to Jackson because the hospital in Meridian, which was a 30-minute drive away, may or may not be able to assist you. And Meridian has multiple hospitals. Hattiesburg, which is about an hour drive away, has a hospital. Law, which is uh, about 30, 40 minutes away, has a hospital. Might not be able to help you. You may have to be airlifted to Jackson, Mississippi to have something done. And hospital continuously closing in these communities. But people live there and can't get access to medical services and having to depend on going to these cities and take care of these services, thus driving up their medical expenses. Hey, man, somebody got to pay for the helicopter ride, right? But the things that will keep that, keep that from happening, 
Tate Reed don't give a fuck about that. And a lot of people in Tate Reed's camp and a lot of people who work with Tate Reed's and in government down there with Tate Reed, they don't see that. They don't see that. Don't pour that money in the other stuff. Like, man, it took Mississippi forever to get gambling legalized, the lottery legalized. And that money has helped do a lot of things. So when they sit around, they be like, oh, man, Tate Reed found money to pay the teachers. He didn't find money to pay the teachers. They had a choice to make. They committed to paying the teachers. And allegedly, they're almost certain, took money from other services like highway construction and things of that sort to make that happen. But when they found out they had a they had an offset there, they decided to go ahead and, and push this lottery through because they knew that would generate them some revenue. A lot of things that they could generate revenue with at, at the state level, they could do, but they don't do. The lottery was one of them. They finally did it. So, you know, and Tate Reason didn't come in the office on the, on the platform that, you know, he's going to do things like input the lottery. Because if he did, they probably wouldn't have elected him. But he did that because it, the end result was the best. He can get out and say, hey, look, I got these teachers paid. Either way, it tends to come out shit on the voters. People keep coming in every time. Vote for it. Is what it is. And these social media streets, the Twitter wars. Uh, this young lady posted on here and ended up on my timeline. She says, "My dad pays my mom's mortgage, my grandma's rent, my car note." And half of my niece's rent every month. I'm not trying to hear nothing about a man say he's going about 50 50. Sorry. Hey, man, I'm not saying that man can't afford to do that. Hey, kudos to him. Kudos to you if you find you a dude that can pay everything and you don't never have to pay any bills. Kudos to everybody in that situation that don't have to go 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, fucking 80, 10, 80, 20, whatever. Shout out to everybody in those situations. Because that's the thing. A lot of these people that think about 50, 50, man, some of these people, it ain't 50, 50, man. It's more like 60, 40, 70, 30 that people asking for. But some of these want to be 100, zero. Like, I don't have to pay nothing. He do everything. Which is fine. I don't, I'm not saying that's not, I'm not saying not, don't do that. I'm not saying don't strive for that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the majority of people can't do that. And the majority of men can't do that. And then you add in what she talking about, you really wild. Like when she say my mom's mortgage, that means that man is paying for a house that he ain't living in, the way I'm reading that. So is he paying his mortgage? Or his rent? Because here's my thing. Here's my question on this. Because our question, I got to ask. I got to ask this question. Is this man paying this woman's mortgage? And he renting? Like a one-bedroom apartment or something? A bachelor crib? So he can pay his grandma rent? I mean, his, his mama's rent? Or is the rent he paying, his, is he paying for his mama is the place he's staying in? Like he told his mama, like, hey, I'm staying here too. I'm paying, all, all, but I pay all the rent. Like that man don't own, that man don't own shit. He paying a car note, but he, he driving around in a car that's paid off that's fucked up. 
half her niece's rent. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Which is fine. Again, I don't want people to hear this and say I'm shitting on folks for saying stuff like this. Is what y'all gonna do with this man falls ill? Can't pay bills. Because Z paying is not his savings. That's one thing. But if he working every fucking day of his fucking life to do this shit, y'all need y'all ass whooped. Everybody that was mentioned here need their ass whooped. Especially if y'all ain't doing shit to help alleviate this for him. Now, I know CUA circumstances, maybe some of the people involved in him may be in a situation where they can't do these things short term. This is long term. This is sad. Really sad. Shout out to the person that posted. People never brag about their fathers following their dream and finding happiness in Hobbit's only praising them for paying bills and dying slowly. I ain't gonna, I don't wanna go with that. But I'm not on this. I'm not trying to be on this key because I, I try to stay away from that extreme other side. To the other side, it gets kind of crazy. I'm trying to be in the middle. I'm trying to have a common sense approach about this. You know what I'm saying? Like to to the young lady said, "Do your dad have hobbies? Do your dad hang out with his friends? Do your dad have his own place to stay? Do your dad have his own reliable?" Means of communication, they ain't got to worry about. And I'm not saying anybody got to answer these questions. I don't care. All this stuff is rhetorical. Is your dad in good health? Does your dad have money to put away for when he retired? If he is retired, does your dad get a day off to himself? Or do he spend time taking care of other people's responsibility in his free time? All these things are very fucking important in this whole thing. Because not just dads, parents, providers, caregivers, a lot of time people sacrifice their fucking sanity, their happiness, their motherfucking ability to just motherfucking live. So that other people can fucking live comfortably. Because if this young lady is in her 20s, of course, I understand. Man, man Cardinal is fucking hard. Every fucking month? Yes, it's hard. And all the other expenses that go into it. There's a lot of stuff that she probably not talking about that she probably pays. There is a lot. But there's a lot of stuff that that man is probably paying too in his own life. Like, man, I'm sitting thinking about stuff that I have in my own life. And to take on two other people's living situations, three other people's living situations, and somebody's car with what I got, with what I make. Man, I, I can tell you some stuff I'm doing without. Probably don't have cable or television. 
internet. Oh, shit. Probably don't have reliable telecommunication services. Definitely not doing podcasts. Not shit right now. I still only hang out on the weekend right now. Family functions, man, right now. I'm like, my family right now is asking me when I'm going to be coming to see them for holidays. I don't know. Cam hit me out, hit me up the other day asking me when, we gonna, when I'm free to hang out. I don't know. Put that stuff in there? Shit. Hey, all I know is niggas be wilding in these streets, flexing stuff. That ain't really a fucking flex, bro. You in a good situation. And you use that to shit on other people who are making the best of the situation that they have because you like, could be me. Nah, man. Because I know a nigga who can do it. Good. Good. You know somebody who can do it. But that ain't your husband. And the pool of niggas who can do that is very small. And it's a lot of people who want that nigga. That's what I don't understand. I really don't. Like, people don't do fucking mad, dog. They're not real. I'm not saying that niggas can't fucking do 100%, uh, shoulder 100%. This is not even 100% of the bur burden, man. This nigga is shouldering 120, 130% of the burden because he's taking on other people's fucking responsibilities, too. There ain't a lot of niggas that can do that. White, black, Mexican, Pacific Islander, fucking Vietnamese, uh, which is Pacific Islander. I don't give a fuck Russian, Middle Eastern. It ain't a lot of niggas who can shoulder their burden plus fucking four other people. But there's a whole lot of people out there who want that nigga. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not, I'm not mad, dog. If you find a nigga, good. You find a nigga who can pay your bills, your mama bills, your, 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 your nieces' bills, your stepbaby bills, your god dollar bills, take care of his kids. I'm like, because she said that, I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, he paying it. Are you the only child? Because there's some niggas that got more than one child and not saying they got a bunch of kids. Yeah, niggas who, have, who started new families. Like, I gotta take care of the last one? That niggas paying child support. That nigga paying alimony. That nigga who can't get jobs because of things they did when they were younger. That niggas who can't get jobs because of nothing they ever did, but be a nigga. I'm not trying to hear that shit, dog. Shit is fucking ridiculous. And instead of you congratulating and saying, you know, like, man, I'm in a great situation. I got a father who 
mean, even if he, even if he financially responsible, dog, like we not even talking about just niggas out just spending money on everything. We just saying, even if you financially responsible, my nigga, that shit is still hard to do. It's hard to do. And then on top of that, man, if you wanted to make that change so that you could do that, bruh, to make that change is mm. It takes a level of discipline a lot of people don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like being financially responsible already is a, is a is a discipline in and of itself. You can tell people all day. People try to tell me all the time what I need to do to be financially responsible. I just tell them, yeah, whatever. I don't know how to discipline. This is what it is. Cool. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say that. Now, when I live by the code, that hey man, I can't take none of this shit with me. Everything in front of me, I gotta get to take care of. I really don't have time to worry about what's down the road. We'll get to. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Some people in this situation, man, they can worry about down the road. That's fine. Good for you. Woohoo! You're in a great situation. Everybody ain't in that situation. Either by their own design or by other things that they can't control. It is what it is. But to sit there and shit on somebody else. Especially when, hey man, if to say, hey, listen, in our situation, say because you get a couple, in this situation, the couple decides that the best way for them to survive is to go half and half 80, 20, 70, 30, 60, 40. That's the best way for them to survive. Versus one person not doing, contributing anything to it and they fucking sinking every fucking day. Because one person don't even contribute at all or doesn't want to contribute. But yet sit back and try to judge what the sec the person who is doing everything does. You don't get that say so. So man, I just tell you, man, motherfuckers on Instagram, on social media, man, y'all be wilding. All right, last thing, man. Let's get to these Taste of Black Rankings, man. Taste of Black Rankings every week. We give you the top 10. I give you the top 10 uh, categories on Taste of Black so you can go to the curated um, site and see the different categories that people are watching and figure out what you want to get into. So every week I give you 10. So this week, that is... Oh, that's eight. That's 12. Number 10. Number 10 is anal. Uh, number nine is BBW. Number eight, lesbian. Number seven, threesomes. Number six, teen, 18 plus. Number five, blowjobs. Number four is homemade. Number Three is mom. Number two is transgender porn. And number one is big ass back on the top this week. 
interesting enough to say caveat to that big ass and transgender point both beat out the the topic of ebony which i never call out but they both are higher than ebony this week so shout out to y'all shout out to y'all for watching the tasty black porn and the thursdays our thursdays uh fox i follow this week is urzabelle Find her on the Twitter is Urzabelle X. Fast off follow this week. The 5-1 Asian Instagram um, profile. Go check that out. Man, that, I wrapped all of them up in a nice little tidy bow. So if y'all want to keep this in mind, the things that we talked about this week, number one, the twoies, piece of shit for trying to justify giving Michael Earth a, a, a third of the money that they made when he's the big part of the story. Um, I mean, he did get a big percentage of everybody else, but still, whatever. Uh, owners not want to pay nobody, of course, or... People who in position to make payment decisions not want to pay nobody. That's that. Uh, let's see here. Tommy Tuberville, piece of shit. James Harden, yes, you might be the problem. But Tyrese Maxey don't mind that you're gone. The NBA NCAA tournament is still going on. People flexing on the social media, man, about stuff that they shouldn't be flexing about and using it to shit on other people. My God. Thank y'all for listening, man. Shout out to y'all. This is episode number 645. Moving on to 646. Yes, we're going to keep doing this thing, man. Maybe we have a guest. Maybe we don't. Who knows what's going to happen on the next show. But when you come back to the show, I'm going to be ready to give you the entertainment. I appreciate y'all for listening. Also, I forgot to tell y'all, we got a t-shirt shop on TeePublic. So TeePublic.com slash Braces. No, TeePublic.com slash AA Media. I'm sorry, tpublic.com slash double A media. You can go there and get you some t-shirts. We should appreciate that. Uh, some of these uh, designs are inspired by the crew. Some of these designs are from the crew. Either way, you support everybody in the network when you go through and buy a particular type of um, apparel. So we do appreciate y'all for going to do that. Social media is Dr. Abrasive. DrBrasive.com is the website. I'm your boy Tony coming in this motherfucker. Just letting y'all know I appreciate everybody that listens and everybody that shares and everybody that come back and sends comments and let us know that you out here rocking with us. Man, I'm going to get out this thing, man. Catch y'all on this. Go around, man. Have a happy weekend. If you're not listening into this Monday, have a happy week. Either way, man, I appreciate everybody for fucking with me because you don't have to. You could be doing something else like watching porn or first take or listen to the radio or whatever. There's a lot of other shit that you could be fucking doing other than listening to my ass, but you are. And I appreciate you for it because you are the motherfucker. Till next time, I'm out. Peace. Ask the producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room so I can talk to you, James. I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days? They looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night. They changed the schedule, and it didn't work. And you know what? You said... 
I'm going to break up with my Whoopi. Not good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work. The big three. And all after one year, you want it out. You realize, oh my gosh, I took this guy for granted. The guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said, they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You were holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co- they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with your guy believed in you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible. The bad roommate here. They never thought, being self-aware enough, that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. (laughs) If this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else, and you're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team, and there's not going to be anybody left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. Oh, oh, and the mic dropped, Devin. This has been a Dr. Mesa presentation.